Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. Helping you filter through the noise. Real talk. Black talk. The internet is full of half-truths and all-out lies. We've all seen them, and many people on social media complaining about it. Here's your chance to show and prove. WorldAfropedia.com is a black-owned and operated encyclopedia. There are several thousand articles, but we need help. We can't uncover all the truth ourselves. So please, join us and become a writer, editor, or blogger for WorldAfropedia.com today. Every little bit counts. We owe it to the future generations to put the truth out there. Visit worldafropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. Worldafropedia.com. Do you have uh, suggestions? Because I've had two people ask me this and I haven't had a response. Do you have any suggestions uh, for victims who are a little bit less confused when they're on their job and they work with uh, non-white people and white people and the more confused non-white people that are there, they do a lot of name call, uh, the silly stuff. They do a lot of that. And they said that they're trying to see if they can minimize that so that they're not doing that in front of the white people on the job because they said the you white just people. Ask them, you just ask them why they do what they do. That's all. They put everything in the form of a question. That, that That's the standard compensatory way of talking to white people or black people. Try to put everything that you say in the form of a question and let them answer the question. Now, in order to answer the question, they have to think, and also you'll be thinking. And at the same time, you're not putting them down. You start making statements, see, they become defensive. Mm. But if you ask questions, you're saying you're just seeking information. You just want to know how things work and the best way for things to work. So you're asking people who are supposed to, you're, 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 in other words, your approach is, you know more than I do. That's why I'm asking you. So if you're cussing everybody out, I just ask you, do you think, you know, uh, cussing people out is the best way to go about doing things? You know, yes or no. You know, and let them answer and don't help them with the answer. But once you start making statements, you're going to get an argument. Now, they might even become offended by the question. I was right? thinking but that. that. Can only, you know, yeah, but that can, even, that can go so far because they'll say, you know, well, what's it to you and all like that? And you say, well, you just want to know. You're trying to find out the best way to go about doing things. You know, that might be the best way to go about doing things. That's your, that is what you're implying. You know? And you're also implying it may not be. 
but maybe it is. You know. Okay, so if you add, let's say, uh, I'm just curious. Uh, do you think this is the best way to go about doing that job? And let and wait for the answer. You know. Mm. You know, and then ask, uh, do you think it always will produce the best result in all circumstances, regardless of who you're talking to? Or is it you're supposed to talk? See, you can ask a lot of questions. Or uh, am I, if, if, I, if cussing people out is an excellent way to do business and whatnot, or make the day cool and all like that, how many people do I cuss out of what kind and under what circumstances? Do I do it all the time? Do I do it with everybody? And if I don't do it with everybody, why? See what I mean? Let them answer those questions right there in front of everybody. Okay. Hmm. Would you do this in front of uh, the white person? If you're talking to these non-white, would you do it even? Yeah, if, they, if they're doing all that cussing out and all like that. See, I mean, in other words, if you're going to perform, man, be ready to perform all the way. Hmm. You know, but don't come at me because I'm not challenging you. I'm just, re- I'm just trying to get become more intelligent listening to you. This is the message you're sending. <laughs> okay. 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 So you let's you phrase And it. if it's around black people, I mean you know, you know, even better because then you're saying now, uh, is it okay to cuss people out regardless of where I am and who I'm around or who I curse out? Do I cuss everybody out equally? And if not, why? Do you believe in equality? Hmm. See what I mean? All I got to do is just get into question mode, and, and the questions will come. They'll come to you. Once you start asking a few questions, the other questions start coming to you. Hmm. So let's say you, you ask them, you know, do you think this is this is the best way to get things done? Yeah, see, because everything is about doing something better. Right. See, every, everybody in the world, I mean, almost brags about, you know, knowing how to do things better. Okay? Hmm. You know, so, you know, the average person, particularly a person who is very boastful and arrogant and all like that, that's their whole idea of being boastful and arrogant. I know how to do everything better than everybody else. Okay, take the stage, okay, and teach me, okay, and I got a whole bunch of questions to ask you. (laughs) That's the way that works. That's the compensatory way. That's the code. I mean, that's, that's, that's basic code right there. You're in the presence of people who, you know, are claiming to the world they know it all. Hey, you don't go, you don't push against that. What you're going to get now is a real fight or an argument or something. No, you say, oh, hey, I've been looking for somebody like you all my life. Hmm. Somebody that knows everything. Oh, man, you can't, you can't beat that. <laughs> I mean, how you going to push against that? Super problem solver. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so what if they respond and they say, oh, this is just, you know, we're just having fun. It makes the day go by quick and we don't take it that serious. They know I'm joking around. It's not, you know, meant to be offensive. We're just having a little fun. Make the day go by quick. What if that's the Is point? it constructive? See what I mean? Mm-hmm. See, everything is either constructive or non-constructive. Is it the most constructive way? 
legitimate? Mm-hmm. Or should it be the most constructive way? Is it constructive? Or should it be? Should everything be constructive? You just ask them. And they might say, no. I mean, if some things shouldn't be constructive, okay, like what? You know? See, once you get in that question groove, all you got to do is stay in it. That's why I always tell people, stay in the question mode. Once people start wanting to argue and whatnot, stop trying to tell people anything. Go into the question thing. Because the reason they're arguing is because they say, you, you know, they're telling you, you don't know hmm. which way to go. I mean, you're wrong. I mean, you know, you don't, you know, you're incorrect. You're whatever. You don't know what you should know. So anytime you're around anybody who is claiming that you don't know what you should know, that means that they're in position to tell you. That's how they know. So therefore, you go into the question mode all the way and stay in it. Don't get out of it until they, you know, maybe tell you at some cutoff point, well, there are things that I don't know and understand. So I've said all I got to say now, because, you know, so don't ask me no more questions because I've run out of answers. Then you just then do what they ask you to do. Oh, Reason I was asking you all these things, because I, you know, you told me to sh- shut up, or you told me to, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about, and all like that. So I just listen, and I, I start asking you questions, because I assume that you knew which way to lead me. Always looking for leadership. Hmm. Always looking for somebody to tell me something that's going to benefit me. Okay. Why would I turn that down? I'm going to suggest that I will shit because I'd heard that from two different people. They were saying the same thing that the victims on their job were just doing the name calling and squabbling, cursing all day long. Well, just ask, you know, just ask. I mean, you know, yeah, tell me, tell me. Okay, I'm not arguing about nothing from now on. I mean, you know, tell me everything that I need to know that you already know because, you know, you, you already know it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in position to tell me. So just tell me, you know. I'll listen. I ain't saying nothing else. Hmm. But now I'd like for you to tell me, now when I do all these things, the way that you go about doing it, and the way you say I should be doing it, is it going to work at all times for my benefit? You know? And all these circumstances, see, because I'm going to ask you about all the other circumstances. When you're doing what you're doing, how do I handle those circumstances? Do I cuss people out and all like that, name call and all like that? Do I call everybody a name? Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, February 15, 2019. So I have been told. I hope everyone made it through the so-called horror day, holiday, made it through unscathed, without injury. If so-called Valentine's Day caused any disruptions, dismay, problems on your job, 
let us know. I have seen before where that can provide uh, a variety of opportunities, uh, some unwanted touching, sexual contact, chocolate, all kinds of things. That one can be another one. People generally don't cook, but the chocolates and candy and all of that, I have seen where that can get kind of out of control uh, in the work environment as well. Again, it would be I don't participate in anything, and I would let that be known well in advance, even for Valentine's Day. I do not participate in anything. Thank you kindly. This is Neutralizing Workplace Racism. We are on about 45 minutes early today. Uh, thank you all for being uh, accommodating with the adjustment, I uh, have uh, yoga teacher training today, tomorrow, and Sunday. It's basically all day. Today it's uh, short, but tomorrow and Sunday it's all day. Uh, and it starts in a little less than two hours. Uh, so that forced an adjustment for today and uh, forcing a slightly later start, just a few minutes, I think like 6.15, uh, well, 9.15 p.m. Eastern, 6.15 p.m. Pacific uh, for tomorrow. The compensatory call-in that would be on February 16th uh, will be starting just a few minutes later than normal. But uh, all of this, even preparation for the 10-year anniversary yoga retreat coming up this week or a week from now in Virginia, I uh, should be looking forward to heading down uh, with the other folks participating, hopefully a constructive uh, exchange of views, good time will be had uh, by all. There will be no workplace racism next Friday. I announced uh, yesterday the Cow's Yoga Retreat is next Thursday through Sunday. So we will not be on the air next Thursday or Friday because we'll be in Virginia with the retreat. However, we will be on uh, Sunday. <clears throat> we should be doing a live broadcast from uh, Virginia, compensatory call-in, so folks from the retreat can chime in about their experience, and we'll still catch up on you know what we normally do, uh, reviewing what happened the past seven days. But we should be on uh, next Saturday, right? that is February 24, uh, during the yoga retreat. But we are here today, and we'll be here uh, for a little less than two hours for workplace racism. If you have comp well, as it typically is. If we have any listeners out there who have figured out, hey, I don't have problems. I don't have problems with uh, non-white people talking crazy on the job, calling me names or cursing, anything like that. I don't have problems with white people either. Uh, they aren't running around uh, stealing things off of my desk, uh, getting in my business about who I'm taking out for Valentine's Day or did I send somebody roses and candy. We don't have to get into any of that nonsense on the job. We don't have uh, collard greens and Chitlin' Day for Black History Month either. Uh, I have no problems. Get all my raises, promotions, on time, every time, without flaw. You should be the first one to call in. How did you do that? We would like to know. We would see if we can replicate each of the steps you present to see if we can, you know, mimic your quote-unquote success. If you are unfortunately having some difficulties and you would appreciate having a counter-resource perspective uh, on what your situation is and maybe some different ideas about how you can move forward without creating new problems. Uh, listen to the segment recently, some of the older archives, and Mr. Fuller, he was uh, reiterating that point about, hey, that's, that's how we should be thinking at all times, solving problems without creating new problems, and especially on the job. You don't want to respond in the manner where now instead of one problem you have two problems. Briefly, 
uh, the audio segment that we heard at the beginning that was Neely Fuller Jr. And I remember that specifically from the archives because Pam, the late, she, and I think this is in the archives, I think I, it would just be a matter of struggling and, and trying to find where it was, but Pam had just been talking about exactly what you heard Mr. Fuller addressing, being on the job and other victims, non-white people, not being codified and name calling and all the rest of the horseplay and messing around, frequently just being discourteous on the job. What's the best way to deal with that? And I remember uh, I felt uh, a bit stumped at the time, and it seemed like other people were kind of having to think about some suggestions. And this, Mr. Fuller, a lot of great suggestions just in that segment right there. Uh, how come you don't treat everyone like this? Do you talk to everybody uh, like this? Do you think this is the best way to function in a workplace environment? And, and exactly as he said, if they get defensive or have a problem with you asking questions, oh, you know, sorry, I was just, you know, trying to see if I could apply some of your strategies. I want to be successful in the workplace, and if you got something that's working out here, maybe I need to be doing what you do, but I, you know, won't bother you. My apologies. Being courteous, uh, I think that works really, really well, especially with other <clears throat> other victims, uh, and even I appreciated him saying how he would ask those types of questions, even if a white person was present. He would ask those type of questions uh, if it was a non-white person and they were uh, behaving in that manner. Some might say uncouth. Uh, the email, untiljustice at gmail.com. Untiljustice at gmail.com. If you have thoughts, comments, questions uh, you would like to share, if you have your own situation and you would prefer to email as opposed to, <clears throat> as opposed to calling in, we can read your commentary on the air. If you have thoughts, questions based on what's been shared, uh, you can write those in also, and we can read your commentary uh, on the air. Untiljustice at gmail.com. I will try to be mindful of my email uh, as we proceed. And again, I'll try to repeat it. We'll only, we, uh, we'll only be here until 9.15 Eastern, 6.15 uh, Pacific, with less than two hours teacher training. Uh, so folks began writing in before we went live. Let's see. Uh, black female, she wrote in a couple weeks earlier. Following up, she says, a couple of weeks ago, I wrote in about a race soldier female in the same team I am at work. She had informed me of her management plans on the project I allegedly lead. I was able to neutralize that attempt, but as predicted, the white woman is persistent. That was not her first attempt, and I already suspected she had been scheming for some time. My suspicions were confirmed yesterday. She copied me in on some correspondence she has been having with a manager in another team about the project I manage. Apparently, they had met and discussed it before Christmas. Now, I am not sure of the full agenda for the meeting, but, for the, but from the conversation, the project I manage came up. The other manager emailed her last week asking for more details. <laughs> Rather than forwarding the person to me, the white woman proceeded to give an overview of the project, ostensibly my project. The person then asked for timelines 
to which the white woman again provided the detail and in the body of the email stated that she was copying me in, which she did not deliberately in my opinion. She informed the person that I am the project lead and that she suggests we do not meet until the project is fully up and running. The white woman also helpfully, she has any quotes, suggested that she set up a meeting for the three of us to meet in a few months' time. After sending that email, she forwarded the email chain to me, copying in the other manager, another racist act designed to stop me from engaging with the other manager and undermine my ability to lead the project I manage. The white woman does not have a role in the project, nor does she manage me, so her attempting to set direction is an act of racism. It is also not the first time she has tried a similar tactic. I was fuming yet again, but rather than respond, I waited 24 hours to reply. That way, my response would be considered inappropriate. Today, I emailed them both. First, I thanked the white woman. I then asked the other manager for a meeting as I would like to meet with her to get up to speed on her project and offered to provide her with any information she needs about the project I manage. I did not mention a three-way meeting. The white woman was in the office, so I know she had read my response. Dangerous, cunning, racist, terrorist. White women do it better. All of this is very draining and stressful, it sounds so. I've actually had to see an osteopath twice in the last month for a shoulder pain that I've had since December, that is, while we have the broadcast. Her assessment is that most of the problem is caused by stress at work. I've been paying more attention to when I experience most discomfort, and it is definitely work-related, which I had not considered before. The symptoms are easing up, but getting a new job is also high on my list of remedies. Hmm. Wow. Uh, oh, wow, we got even update. I have to share that one as ago. With that one, the stress of it, that's why we're doing the COWS 10-year anniversary yoga retreat. Uh, that, that email is why we have this broadcast. Uh, that's why we're doing plant-based meals. Uh, I've concluded that, I mean, millions of black people all over the world are having problems just like this uh, with whites terrorizing them on the job. We had a white man uh, on the program, I think it was like 2015, and he talked about being in a work environment. I think I asked him to think of a time where he practiced racism, and he said it was a job, and it was a situation where they were in a group, and it was a black female. It was her project. She was supposed to be the one leading, and he ended up jumping up and standing in front of her and acting as though, you know, it's my meeting, or at minimum, it's our meeting. I'm sharing, you know, leadership roles with this here Negro. And that wasn't the case at all. The black female was supposed to be, and he knew this, and he said that was an act of racism. I had a real problem with a black person being in charge, you know, in, in like a serious setting. Like this is not about, you know, playing basketball or, you know, doing the Harlem Shake or something. I had a problem, you know, with this black female being in charge. And I hopped up and, you know, tried to take control of it. Uh, you can go back to me in the archives. I'll see if I can include it uh, as we proceed. But that is <clears throat> very, very common. I'm glad you identified, talking to the reader, I'm glad you identified it as an act of racism because I think a lot of times 
uh, that adds to our stress when we don't understand that, yes, these are acts of racism. This is how they undermine our, quote, unquote, authority in the workplace. Uh, where she's going in and setting up meetings and appointments and all of this, and she doesn't even directly uh, manage you, the tackiness uh, of it all. But in, and, again, what does it mean to be white? Say that on a regular basis. That incident like that gets, gets right to the crux of it. I don't manage this person at all. I could have just passed this information along and let you all, you know, take things from there. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what I'm going to do. That's not the white way. Uh, let's see. Other folks uh, who wrote in. Now, this is Thomas in New York. Now, he has been telling us about <clears throat> the race soldiers on his job, attorneys, law firm, race soldiers on his job being unsafe with, uh, while he's in the kitchen, uh, having to use a knife uh, to prepare their fruit morning or afternoon snack products. Uh, he has to do this, and they just bum rush the kitchen, move out of the way, <laughs> snatching things around in no regard for him at all. Uh, while he's in the kitchen, he's trying to ask uh, nicely that people wait until, you know, let me finish with the fruit so I don't cut myself or injure, injure anyone else. Let me get this done, uh, and then you all can have at it. You know, I don't, you know, need people around me stealing fruit before I'm done cutting it and, and all the rest of it. So he forwarded me. He has his email that he sent out uh, to the white woman that he's been telling us about who's been terrorizing him. So this is the forward that Thomas in New York came up with. Uh, in the old office, there was a policy regarding the fruit. I would rinse, cut, rinse and cut the fruit and spread it out in a nice presentation. Then an email would be sent informing the office that the fruit was ready for consumption. In this new office, in particular recently, this policy is not being followed. People are taking fruit before I put it out, sometimes grabbing fruit while I'm still cutting it even taking fruit out of the shopping bags that I had yet to even unpack. It is being done by at least a dozen people. When I say something informing them about the policy, it is being ignored. In the old building, Vanessa was there to inform those who attempted to take before the email was sent. I personally feel like it is inconsiderate because I take time and effort to make the fruit look as nice and presentable as I can. It is extremely dangerous to myself because I am using a knife and it makes it seem as though I did not purchase the proper amount of, bad, uh, proper amount of fruit. If a huge amount has been taken before the email is placed and it is very unsanitary to have people grabbing from the presentation with no gloves or washed hands. Please let me know if the policy has changed, and if the policy has not, please re-inform the office about the policy. I think this, uh, this email here from Thomas, this might be for workplace racism, uh, one of the emails that has the most uses of the word policy. What does the policy say about coming in to you know, squirrel away fruit? What does the policy say? The policy said that we're supposed to wait till they just keep going back. This is not me. 
this is not about my feelings. This is not Thomas is, you know, a little baby and I'm just sensitive and they just get, no, we had a policy uh, around how this was, how this is uh, supposed to happen. And that's not being followed. I also uh, thought it was important. Uh, he doesn't identify anyone. I think that can be so helpful in workplace situations, especially if it's something where you think racism is being practiced, where you're not, it's like you're not uh, flagrantly accusing or identifying anyone, singling them out, as they say. I think that can be very helpful. Uh, I think whites often, they have a problem uh, if a white person is singling out another white person and saying that this person uh, mistreated them or was racist or some you know combination of the two, um, I've seen where they will be reluctant to want to sign on that. And I don't know. What do you mean? Bob is stealing fruit? I don't know. That's what it just, it's happening. This isn't a racism incident. This is just a breach of policy, but it's happening. Doesn't matter who it is, but widespread. I always uh, think that that is a much better approach to take uh, in the workplace in addition to <clears throat> just referring to the policy and then giving reasons why. It's dangerous. It's unsanitary. I think that's always a good one uh, in the workplace, even though there's a lot uh, of that. Uh, the whole system of white supremacy is unsanitary. Uh, but great use uh, of the email the policy and procedure. She did respond. We got a reply from the white terrorist as well, and she follows up and gives the group email, uh, please do not interrupt Thomas in New York while he is preparing fruit for your enjoyment. When you receive an email telling you fruit is ready for your consumption, it is ready at that moment, not prior. Please be respectful and allow Thomas in New York the opportunity to prepare the fruit without interruption. Many thanks for your cooperation. White people can get things done. When I should look at the timestamp on this to see how long it took this to get done. So that's at 125. It took two days. It looks like it took about 48 hours, bam, from the time that Thomas uh, wrote this email to the time that the white woman got the group email to everybody to behave about the fruit. And then we can follow up with them to see if this is enough to stop it. But I think Mr. Fuller has said that if you can talk to the white person who can solve this problem in the next five minutes, like I talk to this white person, nobody else needs to be talked to. Problem is solved. You know, if everybody in the building needs to do something, if everybody in the building needs to change their behavior or everybody in the building needs to know something, all I got to do is talk to one white person and they will see that it happens in the next five minutes. That's if you can, the person that you want to talk to if you have a problem, because I think sometimes that, that will also be a part of the racist strategy to have us talking to people that cannot solve our problem. Uh, so we're just wasting time and wasting time and wasting time. Number again, 641-715-3640. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. The email again, if you have thoughts, observations, and you would like to share uh, untiljustice at gmail.com. We'll keep an eye out on the email as we proceed. Uh, folks who dialed in, if you have comments, thoughts, questions, uh, lines should be open. Uh, no, we are on a tad early, so folks might be, uh, oh, 
I thought Thomas in New York was with us. Apparently not. When I see Thomas in New York, we'll see if we can nab him to get the uh, update on the fruit situation to see if that uh, got folks to behave uh, with the fruit situation. Uh, folks have comments they would like to share. Mine should be open. Proceed. Folks are hanging, hanging tight for the moment. Again, I know we are on a little bit early. Uh, some folks might not even be uh, prepared to participate until we get beyond the, I guess, bottom of the hour, about 15, 13 minutes or so, uh, until we get to 8 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, number 641-715-3640, code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one. If you would like to participate, we'll hang tight while uh, folks are settling in. They need to realize that we are on a little, little bit earlier uh, than we normally would be. I did actually hear I was a flummoxed. I didn't know what to say. I had asked uh, folks about you know what the details and what have you for the yoga retreat and. I'd said last week, I think I I read several uh, quotes or or comments uh, that people wrote in, um, people, attendees that are coming to the retreat in a couple of days where they were requesting time off to come hang out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, two weekdays, unfortunately. And, you know, I said the one person asked for time off, and at first the white said they could have it, and then they switched around and said that they couldn't have it. Uh, And it was another uh, victim who also was talking about, you know, trying to get time off and things. They were saying, I wonder if they're going to be time at the the retreat to discuss workplace racism. And I was thinking, I mean, I hadn't planned on that at all. Uh, I certainly would not begrudge or or hinder uh, any effort by victims ever to discuss uh, workplace racism, because I do think that is serious, but we didn't, I did not have that on the uh, agenda for the retreat, and it has come up uh, organically, so we'll have to see uh, if folks, uh, in per- which is what I've said for a long time, generally speaking, when I speak to people off the air, black people, I'm talking about victims in general, but black people, victims, uh, if I talk to them off the air, things generally tend to get to workplace very quickly, uh, where somebody has done something on the job, said something on the job, some sort of uh, cruelty or injustice combination of the two has taken place on work hours. Uh, while we're waiting for folks, uh, other folks to dial in, participate, again, on a little bit earlier than we normally would be, other folks uh, who wrote in to share, uh, not victim, uh, non-white female, black female. Uh, I work. I work for a state institution, and we received two official communications regarding the governor. Oh my goodness! Uh, so this is uh, state of Virginia, where we'll be at for the uh, yoga retreat. So Governor Northam Coon man. Uh, so we received two official communications regarding the governor's actions, and she has official in quotes. The first was from the president of the university regardless of the circumstances of how the picture became part of his yearbook page, we denounce in the strongest terms what it represents. We vigorously oppose racism and all of its manifestations. The university is committed to diversity and inclusion, and we stand against any demonstrations of bigotry. 
as we commemorate Black History Month, let us use this troubling moment as a catalyst to work even harder to create a welcoming environment respectful of others. All that's in quotes. Then from the governor himself, it has been a painful week for all Virginians, and I'm deeply sorry for causing this distraction from your important work. Our Commonwealth is un is in uncharted waters, and many of you are undoubtedly left confused and uncertain about what the future holds. Woo! <laughs> Incredible. Uh, I can only say if I was in uh, a workplace environment, I would not have anything to say, particularly if I was in Virginia, but I was, if I was in anywhere because this was talked about nationally and they were talking about this, I would not have anything to say. If this is one of those where you need to say, oh, well, I haven't really been paying attention, haven't really been keeping up uh, with all of that, I have to you know, do some investigating to see what it's all about, whatever. But I would not have uh, any comments to say if, uh, if a white person wanted to share an opinion about this, and I could do so where it's not going to get me in trouble. I feel like I wouldn't, I wouldn't get fired uh, for not paying attention or goofing off on the job or what have, what have you. Uh, I would listen, perhaps, but yeah, I would not have anything to say about that at all. Let's see, other folks, uh, if double checking back, I'll check out uh, as folks are able, dialing in number again, 641-715-3640, code 564943, pound, a star 61. If you would like to participate, I also uh, got the folks on the live stream have them added as well. So if you were listening at Black Talk, Radio Network should have you as well. Kind of, it has been so much with speaking of workplace. It's been so much work with uh, organizing for the retreat and everything, making sure that we're all set for uh, VA. But all right, so the folks listening at Black Talk Radio uh, Network should be good as well. But uh, just to reiterate, any of the politics or anything like that that happened in the workplace, I would have nothing to say about it, Mr. Fairfax. Mr. Northam, nothing. Uh, they ask your opinion on it. Not I. I uh, uh, if you would like to share something, and that even that would be brief because I wouldn't want that to turn into something where whites are just talking and talking and talking uh, to me and I'm feeling like I have to listen to them or uh, where it could turn into something where I'm reassuring them or anything like that. We're here to work, not to talk about political controversies, scandals, even if we're in the state where it happened. That's not what we're being paid for. Let's get back on task. Uh, and I've told listeners about that before and just saying that, that you have uh, work to do. You know, you, uh, I've got to make sure I'm not behind. We all got things that we're supposed to be doing. We got tasks that we're supposed to be accomplishing. Can't just be talking about anything. I can't be devoting my, my work time to talking about Coon Man. So <laughs> just be about, be about business with any uh, of these, you know, is it Donald Trump, anything uh, that comes up, you know, during the course of the year or as long as we're on the system of racism. It's been my experience why a lot of times they'll try to get us to uh, talk about anything related to racism in the workplace, frequently just doing some of their uh, snooping as a race. So I see, yep, just as that, the people are slowly trickling in. So, again, we started today at... 4.15 Pacific, 
um, 7.15 Eastern. Uh, we started today uh, about 45 minutes early uh, for the folks trickling in. Uh, we started early because I have uh, teacher training. Uh, just never ends. Uh, this in roughly an hour and a half. And uh, that forced me to start the program a little bit early today. Uh, we'll also be starting a little bit later tomorrow. So it's a little bit. We started a little early today. We'll start a little late uh, tomorrow. When I say a little like 10 minutes uh, late. It normally starts at, if you're on the East Coast, 9 p.m. for the compensatory call-in. Uh, we'll be starting at about 9, 9.15 uh, for tomorrow evening. Uh, and again, that's just teacher training. That is just a one weekend, 20 hours continuing education, uh, brief interruption for these two broadcasts, and hopefully I'll be learning uh, some constructive information that I can incorporate uh, for the upcoming yoga retreat in the great VA uh, flying out on Wednesday. But all of that said, this year is still workplace racism. Uh, and so we have uh, basically an hour and 15 minutes um, of time. So if folks are, are participating, the folks that just chimed in, we did have uh, several folks who wrote in. Uh, I'll be on the lookout for Thomas in New York. I don't, he may have written uh, because he might not be able to participate live. So we don't catch him today. I'll check in with him uh, down the road. Uh, the email that he shared uh, about the uh, fruit situation, uh, if whites have heeded the white woman who has told them not to go in and just feel like they can do whatever they want in the kitchen. I actually could see some of them even getting an attitude about that sort of thing, like this nigger is going to tell me that I can't, or even though it wasn't him, uh, but, you know, I can go in and do whatever I do whatever I want. That's my joy to come in and mess over a black person in here trying to do, you know, through or anything, just trying to do something constructive. Uh, many racists, uh, they love that sort of disruption. So, yeah, I'm curious. I'll be on the lookout if uh, Thomas in New York is there uh, to share. Uh, I guess the uh, first letter uh, that I wrote in, uh, black female uh, with this white woman uh, usurping. I don't know if there's a, a term for that, but when a black person is in a leadership position and the white person comes in and is taken over and you're not really in charge, I'm the person that's in charge, I can feel the questions uh, that need to be asked or any information that someone needs uh, about this project, I got it. Uh, dealing with that sort of thing, if folks have uh, suggestions uh, for those two separate incidents uh, that were written about, before we came on the broadcast, that is grand. If you have your own situation uh, that you would like to discuss, that is grand as well. Uh, I think I said at the top of the hour, uh, if we have folks uh, who had to endure any tackiness as a result of the so-called holiday, please let us know. I have seen how this sort of thing can happen uh, before uh, in workplace environments. Uh, just the t It can be an excuse for all sorts of tackiness. Uh, there tends to be an abundance of chocolate uh, on those sort of days, which can provoke you know, a whole host of insults and racist jokes and ugh, uh, sexual uh, terrorism and that sort of thing. Uh, just a lot of things uh, can go bad and tacky uh, with Valentine's Day. And the alcohol, that's another one of those where there, there can be a lot of uh, alcohol consumption as well. So uh, folks had to navigate any ugliness uh, with uh, the holiday from this uh, week. You can feel free to let us know as well. Uh, while 
we are hanging tight getting folks a uh, moment to settle in for the people who just uh, joined us, not aware that we were starting early uh, for today's broadcast. I'm going to take one second uh, to give myself a drink of water, and we will check back and see if folks have commentary. I'm even sure that we stay on topic to give us one more workplace racism segment. I wanted to include uh, Justin Fairfax, the lieutenant governor in Virginia, because they're talking about you know impeachment and whether or not he's going to be terminated. And I said, man, if you – we talked about unwanted touching, Me Too, all of that. We talked about that repeatedly uh, with regards to workplace racism. Uh, if you are a black male, really anybody, but especially a black male, you should have as a part of your workplace counter-racist code. These are things that I do to minimize the likelihood that I will be accused of some sort of sexual misconduct. Obviously, it can't be perfect because we're on a system of racism, and you can do everything perfect, perfectly and still be uh, accused falsely. So you just try to do the best thing, uh, the best that you can uh, for yourself. Um, if it seems like this sort of thing uh, is escalating, the charges, I mean, uh, in terms of making sure that you're not by yourself uh, with particularly a white woman uh, in a workplace environment, uh, and like I said before about not making comments about someone's dress, hair, makeup, uh, body, if they lost weight, none of that. All of the compliments uh, would be relegated to workplace performance uh, type things, not anything, uh, no personal attributes at all, no compliments uh, in that manner. Uh, but it would have to be extensive uh, because there's so much of this. Uh, right now, and it's just not a whole, it, it just seems like you could end up being in a very vulnerable position, uh, to say the least. So have a strong, and I mean, you've thought about this. What are situations, and specific to your job, what are situations that could come up? Do you, do you have a job where you could end up being in a, uh, in a vehicle? with a female where it's just you two, because I have been on jobs like that. Is this a job where you might have to work late, where it's just, you know, you and another female in the office and you could be accused of something? Like, be thinking about all that in advance uh, in ways that you can, you know, all right, so if this situation comes up, boom, this is what I do. This situation, boom, this is what I do, so that you can eliminate those as potentials where you could be accused, and even bringing that up, you know, because I've been on jobs, so they don't even allow that. Uh, because of you know this and a whole host of reasons, they don't even allow uh, male staff to be alone uh, if it's like just one uh, female staff person. So yeah, be thinking about that seriously. Uh, the Justin Fairfax situation, I'm sure, is ongoing. Very very sad. Looked like he's going to be governor, and now talking about firing him too. Uh, let's see. Like I said, I'm going to get water for myself, and then uh, after folks have had quick three minutes or so, they'll be a bit more settled in ready to roll uh, workplace racism. And again, it will be abbreviated by the time folks are settled in and ready to roll. It'll be time for us to go uh, because uh, we're doing our short two-hour broadcast for the evening. But quick break, and then we'll be right back to check in. Context of white supremacy. This is workplace racism. The code ideology, the concept, doesn't knock sex between black people and white people per se. What it does is says 
where are the priorities? What do you do first? Do you clean up the mess first? Do you go to work first and then play or vice versa? But they're doing it backwards. See, like you're talking about some club. The way for black people and white people to come together, quote, unquote, is in some corporate room. With ev yeah, with everybody ready to sign contracts and do business. All right? And no nonsense, no whiskey, see, no gin, no snorting coke. No running up and down hotel halls, I mean, wiggling and giggling and, and slamming doors and, and sloshing uh, champagne all over the carpets. No, that's not the way. The way to come in is sober, business-like, and sit down and start talking about, now we're talking money, we're talking factories. See, we're not talking about a party. See, because we are party-oriented, and they know this. This is why the code says a party consists of what? One male, one female. If a third person shows up, you're supposed to be having a meeting. So, I mean, I read something that Frederick Douglass has on his uh, pillow over there in, in, in his house uh, in the Washington Post. It's, what, it's an old saying, two's company, three is a crowd. Okay. Now, you can definitely apply that. See, because black people have this thing, we got to get together. Get together and do what? Have a party. See? That's all we can think about. And then when we go there, we don't know what we're supposed to do when we get there. That's why we do anything. Before the thing is over, it lasts long enough, somebody's going to get hurt. Because we don't know what to do. We don't even know how to have a party without it being destructive. So this thing about white people wanting to come together with black people in a nightclub, no. See, if Mr. Prince was in here himself, I would say, no, 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 wait a minute. You're a businessman, even though you're an entertainer. See, I'm quite sure when it comes to receipt time and all like that, Mr. Prince, see, he gets down to business back there in the cashier's office. You know, well, I mean, he, I got my videos out here now. I mean, like, let's, let's talk business. It gets like the mafia back there, see. I mean, you know, where's the money? See, you know, and so it's the same way. Black people and white people interacting, as they said. No, no, black males interacting with white women. And, and black women having hang-ups about it. No, we shouldn't even be into that type of thing. Not a nightclub. We tell them, no, we do not meet white people at nightclubs. That's out. We meet white people in boardrooms, all right, where they are discussing great big money, huge contracts, skyscrapers going up. See, this is where we want black faces to be. Not out there, I mean, you know, with a whole lot of psychedelic lights and whatnot and the air, air all heavy with marijuana and whatnot. No. Yeah, this, this is what you think of us. No. Uh-uh. All of that, if ever, and hopefully never, has to come way after. See? I'm sitting out there on the veranda looking at all my yachts out there on the ocean. See? Right? Now, you see, you might have a party. Well, maybe. Y'all go ahead and start. I'm thinking about bucks thinking about more money. In fact, I'm thinking about taking over this entire beach. See, you know. Right. That's the way we should, you know, that's what, you know, I'm just making it kind of comical, but that's the way it should be. And get in that mindset. No parties. Right down to the nuts and bolts type thing. Still on the same subject. Office parties. Black people, don't go. Let them know. You're out. I don't care how many white people you work with. You've got something to do that day. Well, what, what do you have to do? Business. See, I have pressing business problems. 
have to be taken care of immediately. Uh, can you excuse yourself from the party and help? Maybe you can give me some advice so I can handle it, see? You know. Well, what kind of business are you in? None yet. That's the problem. <laughs> All right? Yeah, and that's the way you go at them. See? Stick with the truth. Don't lie. See? Right. Well, tell them just like that. See, learn to think on your feet. See? Right. Mr. Bullard. Yes. Um, the, you, you talked earlier uh, at some point about, um, well, as you're talking now, about uh, being in the boardroom, right? Yes, being sir. at the head, making money, being on top. It seems awfully strange that when um, uh, we, as particularly black people, begin to do that, okay, all of a sudden things happen, all right? Things, uh, like the gentleman at Beecher's Food, uh, uh, Reginald uh, Lewis. Okay, and you were saying how to handle it. That's the bottom line. Now, you know, I, I don't know what, how he died. I, they say he died of a brain tumor, whatever it is. But it seems awfully strange to me. Anytime um, a black person gets to any level, that level of money, power, he fades off the scene. Uh, NBC food was up for sale at some point, and, and, and all of a sudden, Bill Cosby knocked on the door and said, I want to buy it. All of a sudden, it wasn't for sale anymore. Mm -hmm. So, uh, How do you handle it? How do you deal with a you situation where you are there, you yeah. finally made it, yeah. and, and the these things start happening, shutting in your f shutting the glass door. ceiling and all that? Okay, first thing you do is you remember you're in a war and you're still a victim. And you're going to be a victim as long as this exists until we erode it, knock it out, I hope, with a code in just a few years. Because through codification, I believe it can be done in a few years, if not less. Okay. All you usually use your corporate setting for mostly is to learn how they operate. Now, you make all the money you can while you're doing it, but mostly it's just a study. It's just an incubator for study. Don't look at it as anything else. Don't look at it like you are getting close now to the goal. You are finally going to make the dream. No. You've been ruled out right from the day that they let you in. See, that ceiling is there. You're never going to get there. But you use, you learn everything. See, now, people we refer to as, the non-white people we refer to as Japanese understand that. See, these people are producing cars and complicated electronics. But they know that there's a ceiling. See, they know that. They're not fooling themselves. They come around with their business suits and attache cases, and they sit down, and they talk big money, and they make big money. But they also know what white supremacy is. And they know that at any time, they can be forced to eat those cars. Oh, yeah, the white supremacists can wake up tomorrow and say, your stock is down. What do you mean my stock is down? Because I said so. And you're not going to be able to trade here. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to go here and go there because i got to deal with those people. I mean, i got to deal with the, you know, you're out. You know, Toyotas, Mitsubishi, you're out. Well, what am I going to do with all these vehicles I got sitting on the dock? Throw them in the ocean. Do what you can with them. You're not going to move them because there ain't nowhere to move them to because I own the earth, the entire planet. That's what white supremacy means. See, they know that. You hear black people going around saying, oh, the Japanese are buying up everything. Buying it from who? If I can sell you something, you better believe I got the muscle to take it back. All right? Anytime. They're not buying anything. They're renting. Just like you are. 
You don't own a house. Black people say they have a country. You don't have a country. Not under white supremacy. You got a flag. That doesn't make a country. You know, you look around, you don't see any white people around, so you say we are independent. No such thing. Because when you get ready to move some products, that's when you find out the truth. They also tell you the value of your money. You print the money yourself. And you say, this is my money. But they come along and say, your money is only worth such and such today. And you say, but no, it doesn't. That's crazy. Because it was worth such and such a thing yesterday. And I say, you're talking about what you say. I'm telling you what I'm saying. You got all of this. It is now devalued. It's worth one-tenth what it was yesterday. Well, why do you say this? Because I'm me. And I'm big enough to do it. You're going to whip me? What you got to whip me? Bunch of ragtag people who are dependent on me to show them how to do everything? I can burst that dam and flood this place. The dam that I built. So don't talk to me, boy. Unless you know what you're doing. Now you want to deal? Let's deal. And that's the way it is all over the world and has been as far back as I can remember. And that is the truth. If that's not the truth, then this is not real. This thing called white supremacy. Context of white supremacy. No parties. Talked about that for the yoga retreat, which is not a party to rest, but certainly uh, for the job. No parties. I don't think they have uh, Valentine's parties. But like I said, I have seen where people do, you know, it is not the most constructive uh, time of year in the office, in my experience. So, anywho, uh, hopefully people got through that without uh, difficulties. <clears throat> Context of white supremacy, Mr. Fuller, uh, his website, producejustice.com. Uh, you can get the word guide, code book, uh, if you need a copy, brush up on your counter racist codification. Mr. Edward Williams also uh, with his book, How to Support and Defend the United States Constitution for Victims of Racism, also constructive workplace racism reading material desperately needed uh, by black people, non-white people on the whole, I would submit. Uh, number again, 641-715-3640. Be code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one if you would like to participate. I'll check again. As I said, I know uh, we started substantially earlier than we generally do uh, for the broadcast today. Um, doing so because I have teacher training uh, later in the day. So hoping didn't throw people's schedule off uh, too much. Folks uh, joining in for. Uh, workplace racism. Uh, double checking to see folks that are there. See, oh, did we get Thomas in New York? I said I was looking for Thomas in New York. I think. Yeah, I don't think he heard when I read his letter. Is that you, Thomas in New York? Not sure. Yes, sir. It's me. Yes. Okay. How are you, guys? Awesome. Right, Paul. So we got your. Uh, letter mm-hmm. about uh, the fruit situation, and I read yes. uh, to listeners 
your email explaining to the white woman uh, policy, repeat policy, policy, policy about uh, the fruit situation. And then I read her follow-up email where she you know, told people, hey, calm down, wait till you get the email that the fruit is ready for your consumption, and then go. So I said I was going to ask, uh, what, what was it just you? Because I know you've been talking, expressing your frustration about people being rude, white people coming in and dumping you while you're trying to cut the fruit and stealing it. What prompted mm-hmm. the email this week, and have they abided since the white woman gave the, the, uh, the mass email? Okay. Um, so you read the email that I wrote. You said Yes, sir. Okay. Um, well, let me um, – this white male, I don't know. I know I've mentioned him on workplace racism before. A white male um, who claims to be a Russian, but he's spent most of his life in America, and I find him to be a straight-up racist. Um, he's the one who came at me with um, some, some um, air freshener for the bathroom and then pretty much said, that's going to be my job. So, you know, this, he's, he's not no authority to me. Um, he, he's, he's a tax person. But nonetheless, he comes in, and I'm cutting, the, you know, I'm cutting up the melon, and he says, now he likes tangerines. So he comes in and grabs all the tangerines. So I said, bro, I haven't even finished cutting up the fruit. And you grabbing the tangerines, like, it looks like I didn't get what I'm supposed to get. You know, what are you doing? So he says, oh, come on. And he keeps going. And he walked out. I said, this month. Now, the, the, my terrorist was on vacation. I wrote this email to her right away. I went right to my desk, sat down. But this isn't the policy. You know, you, you read the email. So, nonetheless, um, she didn't respond to it. Um, I cc the receptionist because, she, you know, I just wanted to have a, have her in on it, and, of course, she high-fived me as soon as she saw it, you know. Um, either way, the terrorist came back on, um, on Wednesday, and, um, she come, and she tells me, um, she, she comes to me, I read your email about the fruit. Um, just tell them to get away from you. And I said, okay. So she says, um, okay, um, so, you know, from now on, anyone who takes anything, don't hesitate to tell them to stop. And if they don't listen to you, you come and get me right away. So I said, okay. So I said, oh, that's how she wants to resolve it. So, you know, I go on about my day, and then um, I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm doing I'm sitting at the desk that's allocated to me, and I'm doing the work that I'm told to do. And um, this partner comes up and taps me on both shoulders, comes down to my ear and whispers, and says, that was the most well-written email I've ever read. Good job. And he kept walking. I'm like, what the heck is he talking about? So then I go look at my email thread, and I said, she sent the email I gave sent to her to everyone. I was so pissed off, Gus. I mean, come on, man. Why would you do that? So now I've got people that stop talking to me. Uh, people, everyone's making little jokes. And it, it's like, oh, man, oh, it's, just, it, it, it's like the way she did it, terrorism, terrorism. Wow. I thought that she just, like, took your email and then just sent out her own email, like, hey, everybody, you know, chill out on the fruit. Wait till you get the email. Thanks. She said, wow. Oh, that's – I could. I mean, if you thought it was bad before, like, oh, man, like, I could totally see where it's just going to be every day, like, oh, 
high score to try to get us to stop. We're going to take all the friends. This is the same job uh, where they were uh, fondling your nuts that were left out in the open. So, you know, now he's acting like, oh, he's going to be some type of way about the fruit. Like, man, it was being every day uh, snatching and poking and pick like, oh, man, that's. Well, you know, and then sorry, that they come in. So since Wednesday, when this email gets sent, now Thursday comes, I go and doing the fruit, and everyone walks in with the, I'm not going to touch anything, I'm just getting coffee, like that type of stuff. So I'm like, oh, here they go with this, you know what I'm saying? And then um, that didn't stop today. Now, a guy who took the tangerines, he comes in, he says, man, people has been taking the fruit. Will you um, send the email? That's a shame. And he keeps walking out. And I said, oh, he's, you know, like... <laughs> You know, total terrorism, gosh, you know. I just shake my head. I said, I can't wait for workplace racism for this one. Like I had a couple of weeks of um, non-degrading, um, demeaning comments from my terrorists who, thus, I got talked off the ledge. Um, it's not Saturday. I got talked off the ledge, gosh. I, I was about to bomb. I had an email. Man, I had an email going at the terrorists, but she hit that note with me. And I was sending it to the owner, to the CEO, and to the HR guy, well, who the partner that's in charge of HR, because we still don't have an HR person now. So either way, um, I'm, she called me to come to her. So when I get there, it's um, in the morning they drop off all the mail. It comes in these um, white buckets for the U.S. Postal Service. Um, and after a couple of days, you know, they start to accumulate, you know. So um, it was freezing outside. This was this was before she went on vacation. It was freezing outside, and um, she comes in and she says, I want you to take these um, to the post office and get rid of them. I said, no problem. She says, listen, it's going to be freezing, you know, all week, you know, 20 below. Listen, you don't have to do it right away. The very next day. She's looking for me. Oh, they say, oh, she's looking for you. I go to the room where these buckets are and, of course, the mail machine and everything else and stuff that I need to do that aspect of my job. And she has this um, white man. Well, he's a white person who might be, um, I call him white, but he might be classified as Latino. But either way, um, he's working on the HVAC units. Um, some of the radiators weren't working, and they was doing the check-in. Um, she says, um, didn't I tell you yesterday to move these buckets out? And I want you to get rid of them right now. And she screams this at me like this. So as I said, okay, you know, like, okay. So I turn around and I see that I have some stuff that I didn't want her to see, you know, out of place. So I start to fix it real quick. And um, her and the guy can walk past me. And she, he says, you run a tight shift here. So I look at her, and she winks, and they start laughing. I said, oh, this bit. I'm sorry, guys. So I go to my desk, and I said, I've been degraded and demeaned for the X amount of time since I started here. And I had, oh, I had all my emails and everything she ever said. I was going to go in. So before I hit sync, which I'm glad I didn't, um, I called um, my mother. I said, you know, I'm so done. She says, don't do it. So I said, all right, you know, I don't know. And then right away, it's like my wife calls, and, you know, she was like, well, you know, if you do that, you know, she's going to retaliate, you know, 
It might not even make a dent in anything. You know, is it really worth it? She's been acting like this since she started. I said, you're right. You know, I expect this from her, and I um, didn't send it. But, boy, she had me to that point, man. I had about a three-page email plus about, I say, at least 100, 100 um, um, little um, attachments of all the emails I sent to myself about the stuff that's been sent to me and done since I started there. And um, I was I was about to hit serious, Gus, but I think that would have um, caused me to lose my job if I did that. I beat my line. Wow, I'm so glad that did not happen. That I mean, that really that can not any of us, any of us. I got to get on a plane Wednesday um, in the system of racism, where you know. Just whatever, you know, they say something or say the wrong thing. I'm sure all of us have, you know, certain things that are said to us in the right way or at the right time, catch someday we haven't got enough rest, and, you know, we might respond in a, in a more emotional manner uh, that might have, what did I say, uh, solving problems without creating new problems, something Mr. Fuller says a lot, Mr. Uh, Edward Williams says a lot as well. Uh, super glad uh, that that did not happen, and that's the type of thing, just being mindful that, you know, hey, I'm going in here with these race soldiers, they could do or say anything, and really being mindful about just watching my responses. Uh, I, I'm not working with my homies. I'm not even if I'm working with all black people, these are not my homies. These are not my brothers. Let all that go. That way, when these because these things are going to happen, maybe we can have a little bit more patience. Now today, man, she was uh, what you would call turned up. I mean, she was on a whole other level. I mean, I heard it from the time I walked in the door. I heard her yelling at somebody. And I was like, oh, I can't even come in contact with her today. I can't do it. And, of course, she caught up to me. Now, it was, um, I was on my break, and I'm talking to um, a cow's listener, to Ramon, uh, who usually calls in on a Saturday show. But um, he, um, me and him are talking, and she just comes in on my break and just laughs. And I'm like, I'm on the phone, and she's, you know, take one year out. And she just goes in and telling me what she wants me to do when I'm done with my break. Work that I... You know, usually if someone wants you to do something, you know, hey, I want you to do this. Oh, she hey, I want you to do it, and I want you to do it the way I'm telling you to do it. And Ramon was like, bro, punch her in her face. And I'm like, man, you crazy? <laughs> you know, he, said, <laughs> he said, I can't see how you can do it. I said, man, are you a witness? I think um, one time MIDC had heard it when I was on the phone with him on my break and she was going at the old building. And he, had, he had a singular comment, but, yeah, um, yeah, she's off the so – today she was on another level. And I said, man, I was looking at her eyes like something right. So then I saw her go to lunch, saw her red coat. So I said, hmm, that's her. You see, and it's the other, this other lady gets up. They don't really get along, but they drinkers. They went to lunch and had a drink. Well, I didn't hear from her the rest of the day. I said, man, I wish she goes to get a drink every day now. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, she needed her fix. I tell you, she's a strong, strong alcoholic. You can smell it coming off her pores sometimes behind all the nasty white people perfume fragrances. Wow. 
alcoholics on the job. I'm surprised that over the years that we've been doing workplace racism, I'm a little surprised that hasn't come up more often because I think that is very, very common uh, now. Uh, I personally can't say that I saw lots of that, although I can think of specific uh, examples, but that's not the type of thing that I really spent a lot of time uh, looking for. I just was ignorant. I wasn't as informed, uh, so I don't know if I had been more attentive, but I mean, I think that's got to be massive. Uh, in terms of white people being toxic. And it's not just the alcohol, all the opioids that they talk about now and other drugs <clears throat> that they talk about, prescription uh, medications. It's got to be lots uh, of that happening in the workplace. Just be mindful uh, about that and how people are, you know, conducting themselves. They have these wild mood swings where they're uh, all over the just be really, really mindful uh, about that sort of thing. And it is never a good idea uh, to punch a white person in the face, especially on the job. Never a good idea. They probably got security at your building. Uh, if they don't, <clears throat> NYPD, that is one of their favorite pastime activities, uh, taking down, get your nigger knocker, and uh, taking down dark, big black males. So, yeah, be mindful of that. That's why I say yoga can be so important, being mindful, <clears throat> calming, because, I mean, just realizing we are, we're going into a hostile environment. Like, if you, particularly if you've been on a job enough to know, oh, yeah, I'm going to be around terrorists. So I expect them to say all kinds of vile, nasty things. I think that's why Mr. Fuller, I was kind of on time with that a little bit today, where he was talking about that, being in a work environment. And he was talking about other non-white people, although he said he didn't care if it was, you know, white people too, whatever. Uh, but being with other non-white people, and they, you know, call you names and curse at you, and, you know, that's what they do all day long, that sort of thing, not being violent about it. People talk to you, you know, any old kind of way on the job, not responding emotionally, just, hmm. And being able, from that position, being able to be a bit more reserved, <clears throat> a bit more logical, you can be a bit more methodical about how you go about responding as opposed to every time and getting you with that nature what 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 did you you know type of thing for non-white people and or white people that you're around who have a habit of doing that sort of thing just again just about being mindful i'm going to be in control of my responses a lot of it just comes down to discipline and i i've been knowing myself i've been able to do this in situations sometimes it just comes down to uh, you've already decided this is how I'm going to respond, and, you know, that's that. Unless somebody puts their hands on you or what have you, like, they can say whatever they're going to say. I know how I'm going to respond. I'll just be making notes, and oh, I think we got another report in my workplace journal about alcoholism on the job. <laughs> and uh, continue. If folks do have reports on that, I would be sure. I know we have had some people who talked about how they have, uh, they allow alcohol in the workplace and they'll have alcohol in the refrigerator and it's, you know, no big deal. I can't recall that. But if, you know, alcoholics or racist alcoholics uh, in the workplace, uh, I don't recall that having come up as much. But, yeah, be mindful. Got to be lots of that out there too. Uh, the number again, 641 <clears throat> 715 3640, the code 564943-POUND. Press star 6-1 if you would like to participate. And in fact, I can participate myself. I forgot. Yoga instructor, about to do uh, teacher training today, but I've, you know, the yoga retreat, that was what I was uh, meant to say. I can say for myself, 
uh, we should always really be making a, a deliberate effort uh, to market ourselves with lots of black self-respect, especially things that, you know, we're confident. You know, you've been doing your work, whatever uh, you are interested in, uh, talented in, uh, whatever you've been putting the time, energy, your life currency into, you know, let your black self-respect allow you to stand by your work. Yeah, this is what I've been doing. Uh, I'm, what, the reason the program is abbreviated today I'm doing continuing, uh, continuing education, as it's called, 20-hour training. Uh, I'm already 200-hour certified. Uh, if you become 300-hour certified, they just add those together, and you are 500-hour certified. Math geniuses they are. So I had been thinking about this since October, and I said back then, I'm thinking about doing my 300-hour certification. A white woman suspected racist. We would do a prenatal training, which is something altogether else doesn't count. And she said, oh, well, if you're already 200 hours certified, that means that you'd be getting your 500-hour certification. That's the way, you know, that they would look at it. Uh, and I said, oh, okay. I was saying 300 because, I mean, it is a 300-hour program. Uh, and the same thing happened again. I was talking to a different white woman, suspected racist, and I said, yep, I'm trying to – do the 300 hour, and she said, yeah, you're already 200, you'd be doing, completing your 500 hour uh, program. That's what you'd be doing. Uh, so always make sure that you are marketing yourself, as they say, promoting yourself with lots of black self-respect. Uh, and even that numbering, I think, is significant. Not that you're not working on your 300 hour certification, you're working on your 500 hour certification. It's like I said with those numbers before, whites, they recognize that. Like with Bill Cosby making it seem like, oh, he got 81 months, making it seem like it's something really significant when actually it's not that significant when you pay attention to it. And for some people, saying you're working on your 500 is, you know, significantly more than your 300. So just be mindful of that. Promote aggressively. So much is done to detract from and imply that black people are defective and ignorant and incompetent about everything, including, you know, black people, white people, experts on that too, they say. So uh, really make an effort uh, to market yourself. You're competent, brilliant. Uh, think of Dr. Welsing. Think of Dr. Welsing. Uh, black self-respect and think of Dr. Welsing. Other folks who dialed in, if you have <clears throat> a hand up uh, commentary to share, uh, let's see, retired firefighter. Line should be open. Proceed, sir. Greetings, Gus. Greetings, greetings, everybody. Uh, yes, sir. I have uh, a report. Uh, I actually first uh, texted to uh, Mr. Thomas uh, this week. Earlier in this week, uh, it was reported on the news. Uh, the city of Miami Fire Department not Miami-Dade Fire Department, uh, the uh, fire department where I uh, retired from, but the city of Miami Fire Department. Uh, I don't know if – I think I may have reported it uh, months ago because it, it actually took place a year ago where they fired six firefighters from the city of Miami Fire Department for uh, – they uh, broke into the, uh, the bunk – of a uh, co-worker, uh, he was an officer, a lieutenant to be exact, uh, 
presumably while he was on a call. Uh, I'll just describe the room, the, the, the room spacing. Uh, basically, it's just a sheet over a open space where a bed, where you have a bed, you have a, 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 a like a counter, a little uh, portable counter, and you and a, and three lockers to identify that the people who stay in that particular bunk space, the three shifts, and uh, a lot of people. I never did, but a lot of people sometimes have their pictures uh take and put their pictures up on their desk that sort of thing uh you know of you know personal pictures and whatnot family members and whatnot that sort of thing they broke into that space of this non-white black male and uh basically uh defaced uh the pictures and uh put a noose a noose on uh one of the pictures uh and uh, in turn he reported it and uh they went through they went through their process and and eventually five i mean i'm sorry six of those those six guys were fired uh they have been trying to get their job back uh recently meaning this week four of them were indicted criminally were indicted criminally uh the victim the victim uh was on the news in a, a press conference uh and behind him was uh Catherine, uh Catherine Fernandez Runda who's the top uh uh law enforcement uh person in uh Miami Dade County uh state attorney to be exact. Uh formerly uh Janet Reno had that job before she uh got the job as the uh, attorney general. Uh, but uh, yes, and he articulately uh, described on what happened. And when asked, uh, I don't even know if he was asked, but he somewhere in his speech, he did state that this is something that is rampant. It's always been with the fire department. Uh, and it's always been out of control. Basically, that's what he was stating. Uh, uh, in the uh, in the interview, and uh, yeah, uh, something that uh, it took it took place with uh, uh, in Dade County Fire Department also. Uh, but uh, I would say most fire I don't I don't know of a fire department where that does not take place. Out of those four that were indicted, one of them was a non-white black male. Now, how did he get? <laughs> How did he get involved? Uh, it, it, it's just my guess. It's just a lot of different things that he probably could have said and done to get involved. Uh, I am aware that uh, non-white black people are randomly or, or easily uh, uh, influenced by white people to do silly, silly and or stupid or murderous things in some cases. So I know it's very possible that uh, on why a uh, non-white person also was involved with this uh, incident. And uh, that's the report that I have. Much obliged, retired firefighter. Always something with the fire department. Uh, they have <laughs> it, it, 
the evidence shows uh, extensive nationwide, probably globally, but most of the fire incidents that I see are uh, United States, uh, as they call it, uh, but extensive uh, white supremacy code amongst the fire department. Uh, as you st- And that's a great reason, a- easy it is for racists to manipulate victims, uh, to get them to participate uh, in these racist activities, even, you know, on up to, as you said, it could be killing someone or, you know, major uh, crimes. All crimes are major. Uh, but it's easy for them to, to get other non-white people to do this uh, when we are all subject to them. Uh, the folks that are most to blame are always racist men, racist woman, racist child. But because of that, it's really important, in my view, to keep that uh, in mind for situations like that, because uh, they'll somehow switch it around and have it so that the black guy, and the, he's the ringleader. It was his idea to begin with. You know, he came in and said he thought this would be funny and had the ropes and everything. And we said, well, I don't know, and said, yeah, it'll be great. Let's, they, you know, will end up doing that sort of thing. So just be mindful of that. Uh, the folks who are in charge, most to blame, are always white, uh, that they will, even sometimes they'll do that sort of thing. Well, it was black people involved, so it wasn't racist, you know. They didn't. They they weren't doing this to be racist. It was just good old tomfoolery, and they they have these sort of pranks. Uh, boys will be boys. That's what they say. Uh, they have these sort of pranks in the fire department, unfortunately. And we're gonna. That's where they get the no horseplay rule. That's what they'll say. This isn't racism. This is just horseplay, and we're not gonna tolerate it. Uh, they, they, that's, that's one significant thing, and I know you're not surprised of, of what I'm about to say. That's one significant thing that they did state that they, they basically uh, moved away from it being an act of racism uh, as far as a quote-unquote hate crime. Uh, I believe there's, there's laws that uh, are described as hate crimes. Uh, they basically took that off the ledger. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly other than possibly something like breaking and entering, you know, something like that, uh, uh, something that had to do with uh, – uh, probably the 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 uh, the, the uh, things that they did to his personal items. Uh, there's some legal technical term to that, but I would say you know the fire department is is one of the uh, one of those jobs where uh, people actually live uh, with each other for you know 24 hours, and you get you get you get a, a sort of a different perspective of white people. I know I did <laughs> uh, during those 28 years, you know, uh, when, you, when you spend the night with, uh, with white people, you know, on a 24-hour day, seven-day a week, not, well, on a shift, on a shift uh, schedule. You're there, uh, meals are served, the TV, everything, everything that a house has, uh, a house has that you can imagine, uh, in, including uh, non-constructive things. The fire department, a fire station has in there, the, equipped with uh, the behavior of people that you know that you may not see as much on just eight hours. And uh, from there, you know, a lot of different things can take place during that. 24 hours. Uh, it's not all going on emergency calls, although some places are busier than others. But uh, there's a lot of uh, 
issues that that uh, come from that environment uh, that I can take up a large part of your programs, your programs on, you know, between let's say myself and Mr. Clark and and the several other guys that that uh, we still stay in contact with one another, primarily because of this problem, racism, white supremacy, in our efforts uh, that we uh, engage in uh, to uh, solve the problem. But uh, yeah, that's the fire department. System of racism, white supremacy. Uh, <clears throat> I would, I would simply submit. I think most black people, if they were honest, that has pretty much been their experience. Greater degree, lesser degree. You know, some some fields it might be a bit more uh, intense. Certainly, the living quarters. That's you know going to create a whole yeah. different dynamic. But um, I think most folks, you know, most black people, most victims of racism, uh, I think if we spoke truthfully, uh, it would be a lot of that uh, with the types of things that people have had to endure, uh, especially if you've had to, to do a lot of time <clears throat> working and working in close uh, proximity with whites. I think I just, uh, oh, that was an incident in the life of a slave girl. We just read that where um, the mom was not talking about racism. Harriet Jacobs was not talking about racism with her daughter, Ella, and she says, oh, yeah, I learned. I figured out, like, uh, yeah, we would just do better uh, to go ahead and share because probably all of the folks uh, could fill up hours and hours and hours just talking about uh, workplace racism and things that have happened to them uh, on the job, things that they understood at the time and then things that they didn't understand until years later. So yeah. always great uh, to be sharing. Uh, and then you can be looking. Uh, and just seeing things that happen in your area. As I said, sometimes that's what happens on the job. It's not necessarily something that happened to me, but I did see that that happened to another non-black, uh, non-white person, black person, or whoop, just saw that fire department, my same field, same thing that we've been talking about and talking about and talking about. I think it even started today's clip. Uh, when we started early, and I just played a sound randomly. Uh, I just played a sound clip, and it was a collection of all the different uh, news incidents uh, of black people, or not all, but a collection of a good number that I have, you know, randomly gathered over the years. And some of them were even not in the United States. Some of the incidents were in uh, Canada, as they call it. Uh, but the same patterns of white behavior. Uh, and again, understanding that I think puts you in a much better position, keep slightly lower blood pressure, certainly can keep better control of your emotions and figure out how you want to respond solving problems without creating new problems. Uh, let's see the number again, 641-715-3640, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. The, if any of the folks uh, had any nonsense, uh, from whites or even non-whites, I reckon, with uh, the so-called holiday uh, Valentine's would uh, be interested to hear as well. Uh, if uh, I heard from one listener, she wrote in about the Virginia situation with Coon Man, Governor Northam, and all of that coming up on her job. If, if that has come up on the job for anyone, I would definitely be curious to hear that as well. Uh, we'll double-check Star 61 if you have uh, commentary. And again, we are abbreviated today, so we will only be here. We have uh, a little less than 30 minutes 
in the broadcast. If you have commentary, you cannot be uh, shy today because we will not be hanging out very long. Uh, caller at 5997-5997. Greetings, guests. Greetings, all callers and listeners. Um, so I just would like if you had a – I know I, I just – I didn't get to listen to the news clip, and so I didn't know we had an abbreviated. But if, if you have time or if other callers could share or you could just give me some insight. How do you handle um, – so I have a coworker. We were at work yesterday, and, and we're pretty pretty good friends. And she knows that I listen to, you know, cows and things. We've, we've shared some um, thoughts on it. And she says she herself was listening and very into racism and anti-racism teaching, but she says she had to step away from it because it was becoming too much for her, for her mental space when you're always looking at everything in that way. So we went to purchase some tickets. Um, I'm in the, the Miami area as well. So this weekend is Monster Jam, Truck Jam down here. So we went to purchase the tickets at the box office. When we got there, um, we had there was a white woman helping us at the ticket counter. So I received something in my email through this website for discounted tickets. But, you know, I didn't go through that, so we went to the box office, like I said. So I asked the woman, hey, um, do you honor the code from the website? And her response was, no, we're not able to honor the code here at the website. But you're free to go home and go on the website if you want to purchase the tickets there. So I got like this, huh, look on my face. So I was like, well... Okay, I, 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 okay. So I didn't say anything else much about it, but I turned around and I'm like, I have to take a deep breath because I don't know why she needed to let me know what I was free to do. Oh, it was a yes or no. You honor the code. You don't honor the code. Why she needed to let me know that I could go home irked me. So when we left, she said, yeah, I could see that that kind of frazzled, you know, that kind of frustrated you and she said that, but honestly, I don't feel she meant any ill will. You know, I feel like you were looking, reading into it more than what it was. She was just letting you know, no, they don't take it. I said, I got that part. It was the, but you're free to go home and go on the website. I don't know. Am I being oversensitive? Does anyone else have that experience that you kind of like are on guard, so to speak, with all tactics that may be thrown your way? Am I, am I overreaching here? Am I, or am I reaching, as we would say, looking to, for it to be something that it really isn't there? Okay, and I'll mute my line for the response. Thanks. Yes, ma'am. I'm not really sure if that's workplace racism. What is the... I will ask, what is the monster uh what is the monster car show? What is that? Monster truck jam. It's for kids when they bring these big, big trucks in like a mud pit, like and they're in the dirt and the big, like super giant wheels and they're driving over each other. It's it, it's an event for kids. And the reason I said workplace, we were on our lunch break. <laughs> we were at work and we went to purchase the tickets while our lunch break. So that's the only thing that tied in workplace racism for me. But um, yeah, the monster truck wondering. jam. Yeah, the monster truck jam is 
um, when those big, big trucks come in and they drive in. It's loud. It's muddy, but the boys love it. Well, all kids love it, but people have boys. The boys love it. It's like talk uh, trucks coming to life. <laughs> I see. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you know, I, I certainly encourage uh, suspicion uh, with regards to individuals classified as white, and I think that's logical. I know we've had a lot of white guests who have immediately uh, conceded that that is logical and a very reasonable way for non-white people to proceed in the world. Um, you, I think it's reasonable that you, you were the one that was there for the interaction and seeing and hearing directly how this uh, white woman <clears throat> responded about the tickets and then not accepting the code there and you know, you're free to go home and what have you, um, if you felt, yeah, this is, she would not have said, or she at least would not have added that last part about, you know, you're free to go home and, you know, do whatever. She wouldn't have added that. You know, it would have just been, no, we don't take the tickets, and, you know, if you can get to a computer or what have you, but, yeah, sorry about that. Oh, okay. No problem. As you said, no problem moving forward. If you thought it was, and that's, I think, according to United Independent Code, uh, you, if you can, you can, as a victim, victims guaranteed qualified, come to the conclusion that I suspect that she's practicing racism there. Fine. That's not paranoia. That's We are in a system of racism, white supremacy, which means that there have to be some white people practicing racism. That could have been an incident. Uh, the mm-hmm. other person, maybe she concluded that it wasn't. And that's victim guaranteed qualified. She can do that too. No problem there. I think uh, it's healthiest when you can get to the point where uh, United Independent your conclusion is independent of anybody else uh, because you didn't ask uh, for her feedback on that situation. You didn't act like you didn't leave immediately and say, hey, what did, you, what did you think about that situation? Did you think it was racist? Like you didn't do that. If you had, that would have been one thing. Uh, but if she just volunteered uh, that based on, you know, looking like, you know, you had to take a breath or what have you and you were a little frustrated, um, yeah, you know, fine, that's your opinion. I wouldn't, you know, say a whole lot. I wouldn't bicker with the victim, BGQ. That's her perspective, but, you know, um, that is very common. I'll just, I can leave it there since this is not really workplace racism. That is very common uh, in this system where non-white people, victims, will think that racism has been practiced against them or racism has been practiced, period, and then someone, white or non-white, sometimes both, uh, will come, oh, no, that's not what it is. It's, you know, it's horseplay. It's something else. You know, I, yeah, they had a noose, or it doesn't matter what it is uh, that was done or said. It was something other than racism. That doesn't necessarily mean that every single instant uh, was, yes, that person was definitely mistreating you because you are not white. Not necessarily, but, again, we are in a system of racism, white supremacy, so, you know, there should be greater probability that that sort of thing does happen a lot uh, in this known universe. But, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. And, again, working to be in, uh, independent, that person's opinion about the situation, fine, that's her opinion. I have my own opinion, and keep it moving. I'm not, you know, going to spend a whole lot of time being dissatisfied uh, that she had a different opinion about racism because it's going to be a lot of that, lots and lots and lots of that, more to come. Uh, let's see. Yes, ma'am. Uh, context of white supremacy. Uh, let's see, our abbreviated workplace racism. So we have 
about 20 minutes left in the broadcast. Uh, Draftomania, did you have commentary, questions? Hi, Gus. Um, this is Draftomania and uh, Gus. Uh, thanks for unmuting the line. And um, I just wanted to say, um, just reporting um, my uh, incident this week, um, I kind of um, can... Uh, I can um, uh, empathize with uh, Thomas from New York because um, I've had an incident where I was talked to um, being mistreated um, at work um, this week, um, treated like um, I'm feeling like I was being tra- uh, terrorized and treated like I was uh, garbage. Um, and it was done all, um, you know, with the hopes of me reacting and um, like you said like I, I can definitely agree and you know unfortunately as you stated I can agree with everything you were saying um, with Thomas that um, you know we have to expect even us you know we're going to be doing that like Mr. Fuller said that we will be doing this to ourselves um, unfortunately you know um, uh, the um, uh, supervisor she is um, assessing and um, what I see is that um, you know uh, the victims will try to appease and you know um, you know tap dance and you know do things to just you know please you know um, NASA and I feel as if they are being used as tools and pawns um, which you know um, um, just to um, you know, pitting the, the divide and uh, conquer, and basically, like you know, you know, you'll see them uh, using one against the other, and it's, especially because I'm new. Um, you know, you get this one individual to like basically was just like kind of trying to pit me to like argue and trying to get me into an argument or what have you, and I um. Conducted myself um, uh, Oh, your line is breaking up a little bit, Draftomania. When you said you conducted yourself, and then it started to break up a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. I can say for myself, I can admit that. My main issue um, in the past was reacting. That has been the issue that has um, gotten me, um, and you know, uh, in a lot of um, a lot of problems. Um, that has been one of my biggest obstacles. But because I am becoming more educated and more aware, I have been um, focusing on that. And because that's the only thing I can change, I can't change other people's um, behaviors and their actions. But if I focus on me and what I can do, and like you said, um, just you know, it's not that it's, um, you know, when people are doing those types of things to you and treating you like garbage, um, it's not easy because, you know, I come from, you know, the type of um, um, environment where, you know, people talk to you or whatever, you know, you, you know, you, you, you don't just, you just don't allow that, you know, to happen. So, 
I had to um, basically just like um, reconstruct my whole thinking and, you know, start to be, begin to start thinking um, differently because um, that reaction stuff, I have to think about the fact that um, where has that gotten me? It has not gotten me anywhere and um, it has not been to my benefit. So, like, I need to do something different. And, I mean, I, I'm grateful that I've been able to um, recognize that and make changes and no matter how far along situations and see like at times I can honestly say that I do beat myself up more based on how I did react on things in the past but the thing is at least I am you know doing things now I did become um, become more um, codified I'm becoming more about you know um, you know uh, the whole system of um white supremacy and just how this whole thing works and just life in general and so now I'm learning how to you know do things a lot differently so I'm grateful like you know even though my buttons was being pushed but I just like it was like real like um it was to a point like she was doing like you know oh you looking at what you looking at and she was doing it all in front of like the manage everything and they did not have anything to say to her and that's how you knew that she, it was like um they was like allowing her to come against me and and I was like wow you know but I just kept my peace and just you know stayed focused on what was being said didn't allow myself to get um um, flustered or you know been out of shape or what have you and I'm not perfect it's not to say that I don't um, I act like that all the time because I'm a human and I know that it, there may be times like you said I might not get some sleep or something you know and it, I might just say something you know so but I'm just learning how to think instead of react like I always have and that's all I have to share and thank you right on none of us uh, I am not perfect. I don't think anybody on this year broadcast uh, can say that truthfully. Uh, if we were, we wouldn't have a system of racism. So we're all still learning. That is uh, fantastic uh, that you did some great counter-racist work managing your emotions. I put that in the description for the broadcast always. That's you know a key aspect of what I think counter-racism in the workplace is supposed to be about. And at the beginning, um, with Mr. Fuller, uh, because that sort of thing does happen, uh, where uh, racists will allow, sometimes even uh, encourage, promote uh, black people to quarrel for their entertainment on the job, uh, where you know mm -hmm. all kinds of things uh, can be permitted if they think it's funny. And then when it's not funny anymore, they might decide to fire everybody and just bring in a whole new crop of niggers. So, you know, you still want to practice counter-racism in those situations. And that's why it's really important to keep in mind who is most to blame uh, for that. But really important to manage the emotions even there. I think that's why Mr. Fuller said he ended up having the same response, whether it was a black person that was doing the name calling in person or a white person. Uh, and he had to deal with both. So, yeah, that, that right there in, informed greatly uh, his, his aspect to, to codification in the workplace. And not responding emotionally is a key component of that. Let's see. Gotcha. Uh, uh, our caller in Florida, uh, do you have commentary you want to share? Sir, you should be with us. Yes, sir. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Uh, I had a, a few incidents from the week. Uh, the first is um, there was a, a person that called uh, to the office. I believe this was last Thursday, and I think it was a black male that was on the phone. Uh, it was very courteous, and apparently he was saying his um, he was he was telling me a lot of things, and I and I called it the most <laughs> the most shocking phone call that I've ever received from a customer. So uh, the reason for that was he was saying first of all that his his um, social security number had been I guess exposed in some of the court documents and things like that, and uh, he was saying that. Yeah, you know, you all are under investigation, and I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm, I didn't know what was going on. So basically, I, um, I ended up taking down his uh, name and contact number or whatever. So and then I go take it to the supervisor. So um, I, asked, I asked, do you do you know this person? Are you aware of him? And the reaction was like, oh, yes, 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 we, we know who he is. Uh, <laughs> he, he's well-known. I'm like, well, I didn't know him. You know, like, and he's talking about all these things about investigations and this and that. Now, what I noticed was that they didn't go into detail about that. They were saying, well, hey, you know, the statute says after 2012, uh, any case after yada yada you know they have to come in and fill in a fill out a form to get all of that information redacted so but they didn't really get on all of that other stuff that i was hearing and he was he was very like calculated on what he was saying too so i was saying oh well you know i don't know if i well i don't, I don't even want to talk to him you know if he if he just comes in hey just just give him one of the forms and uh have him fill out the form and we're just trying to see what we can do. So that that happened last week. So in my, my next one, I wanted to uh, mention that there's been a policy about, they will say, fragrances, fragrances or whatever, and I guess perfumes for the most part. Um, and I, like, I'm saying this because I predicted that they will start to attack and target the black female well, at one time they were using racial showcasing and putting her in all of the uh, newsletters and circuit riders. So apparently she came out saying that she was just being fussed at about, I guess, her perfume or something like that. And I'm thinking, man, but they never say nothing to the white woman that comes in smelling like uh, cigarettes because it's a, like a pungent smell. And I noticed that they never mentioned that any of the little emails or whatever. Uh, so that was another thing I found interesting, but I think they were trying to use that practice racism because it, it, I didn't notice anything from her. So somebody is, uh, they are systematically teaming up against her, and I think the assault is going to continue. That's um, what my analysis is going on. Um, my, my next one is, there was a, a black male and a white woman. There's a major cowbell because I was uh, being a 
a um, a witness in the ceremony or whatever. So I come back in like to where the desk is, and he's like, "Hey, hey, man, let me ask you something. Can I classify as white? Like, can, I, can I say that I'm a white person?" I say, "Excuse me." <laughs> so I get up from the seat, and I was like, "A lot of white people in here." So black male, like, "Hey, like, can I say it? Can I check off that I'm white on here?" I'm like, I'm not sure. Uh, you might have to wait to see what the person who does the sessions is going to tell you. He said, because you know what? Because on the inside, I just, on the inside, I just feel like a white person. And, you know, it's a white man. Um, he's sitting at the table and he's looking up, like, kind of just giving this, like, smile, like a random customer. He's saying this out loud. So um, I said, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess you can, like, the black female, she says, do you just want to just say that you're white? So he was like, oh, no, nah, I'm just kidding or whatever. So I, 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 that was very interesting because I said, well, you know, I've been trying to ask questions about these classifications, and, um, you know, I, I have to try and, I guess, research that for you. And the white woman was saying, well, you know, we have these, this baby together, and, and you know, she's, she's, she's just not, she's not white. She, she said it in a in a low tone of voice, almost like she didn't think people would hear it, but she said that to the black male because the black male was saying that he thought the child was white. So that was, like, amazing right there. I've never, ever experienced that. Um, and then my last one is the uh, suspected racist legal counsel attorney. She uh, came and questioned me about the black male that called. And the way she asked the question, she said, oh, do you know, you know, blank, the guy's name? I was like, yeah, I talked to him or whatever. And then she said, oh, do you know him? And she asked it again as though I have a personal relationship with the person, like I know him as an acquaintance or an associate outside of the job. I was like, no, I, I just talked to him. And so she said, yeah, you know, and when us, once you find these Social Security numbers, um, you can just come and tell me and let me know, and uh, we'll get that problem fixed. But he was saying that you told him that his Social Security number was on the documents. And I said, really? And um, so I said, which case exactly? Can you list the case exactly that I disclosed that information about? So she says, um, well, he didn't. He didn't say. <laughs> so, see, I keep catching them in those uh, slick acts of racism. And basically, she just said that she called him a bully. And I said, well, no, I wouldn't say he's that, you know. And she said, well, you know, I'm not saying you called him a bully. So uh, she was using a lot of unprofessional language. And uh, this still is an ongoing situation, and I, I'm definitely going to update the program on what uh, ends up happening. And that's all I have for now. Thanks for allowing me to share. Fascinating. <laughs> wow, okay. Oh, let's see. It's always such an adventure uh, down at the courthouse. With the racial classification uh, piece of it, man, I was, I was hoping it was going to be fellow. I think you should check white because I've been asking them about these classifications. So maybe we'll all learn something uh, today about who can be classified as white. And in fact, it'll be even more interesting if someone tells you you cannot be classified as white. Like uh, we'll get to find out what this person's credentials are and 
and the whole nine like that is any any job where they have racial classifications and that's part of your job wow you always have extraordinary opportunities uh, on the job for counter racism and just asking questions making observations uh, the perfume thing I think God said uh, I have seen where whites can get very uh, explicit very meticulous uh, in policing fragrances like I've even seen where they can like regulate uh, what types of food are going to be consumed uh, on the job uh, because people will complain if it's something that's you know really pungent it has a, a lot of garlic or whatever it is uh, I've seen where that can get really really uh, strict uh, so yeah that does not surprise me uh, if the black female is being uh, come out an excellent comparison because man it oh, the folks, especially the folks that have to consume like, you know, 10, 15 cigarettes a day, like that leaves such a stench uh, from people that, you know, smoke on a regular basis uh, that that can be tolerated or whatever other sense that uh, the white women there uh, want to have. And then this black female, bam, now you got to get unscented. And I mean, who, how do you even police that? I mean, is it, I did two squirts before and I can only do one. I mean, system of racism, white supremacy. Uh, oh, well, yeah, that's pretty much, I was going to say, yeah, that's pretty much, that is pretty much it. We are abbreviated today. I have uh, another round of teacher training. Uh, hopefully, as I said, I will get some constructive tidbits that can be incorporated into our 10-year anniversary yoga retreat. Uh, no workplace racism next Friday, no book club next Thursday either. But we will be there. Uh, everything uh, pending, the workout, flight happens, and all the rest. No riots in Virginia while we're there. Uh, we should have compensatory calling tomorrow for sure. And then uh, next week, normal time next weekend from VA. But this week, all done, short broadcast, off to teacher training. Much obliged for the folks who tuned in. Apologies for folks who were a little disjointed uh, because of the early start. We'll be on uh, about 10 minutes early tomorrow uh, for the, oh, excuse me, later, later, 10 minutes later tomorrow. So it'll be like 9, 10 uh, for the folks on the East Coast, uh, about 6, 10 uh, Pacific for folks on the West Coast. I'll be hurrying, scooting right along uh, from teacher training so that we can start the broadcast promptly. Uh, once again, sobriety would be best under conditions of white terrorism. Whites have done a lot to abuse under, under a variety of circumstances. We would be well served to preserve our brain computers so that we can think clearly and go about solving this problem immediately. In addition to being sober, let's be buckled up every time we are in a vehicle, passenger, or driver. Let's do all that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no. That's it. Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time 
replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cal signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, Your brother. Problem. You're a victim. Yeah. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.